Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast of St. George the Martyr of Kales River Community, which includes St. Michael's and St. Monica's. I'm so good at that, now I can do it at full speed. St. Mark's and St. Monica's, not St. Michael's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... My goodness! I one day I will explain why I keep making that mistake. Um, actually, I'll just do it right now. Um, when we were up in Joburg, our parish there was St. Michael's in Bryanston, and I'm okay. still on their mailing list, so I get regular updates in my email. And then I don't know; it just transposes over the same box. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough personal noting um <laughs> i am lindsay shooters your host and i'm joined as always by the rector of the parish father rodney whitman how are you doing father whitman i'm doing I'm... very well <laughs> friday <laughs> blues today the mistakes okay, I, good afternoon lindsay i'm doing very well thank you through the grace of god and so is my family and i trust the same for you and yours uh yes yes doing well um, I've been a bit distant today because I've been busy with a lot of things. So I'll be very happy to see my family after. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, Father, if you could please call everybody to worship. Thank very much, Lindsay, and for your ongoing support. Good morning to you all. Give thanks to God for this time that we can worship. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Our call to worship is from Psalm 68. Let God rise up. Let the righteous be joyful. Let them exalt before God. Let them be jubilant with joy. Sing to God. Sing praises to God's name. Lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. God's name is the Lord. Let us be exultant before him. And so I welcome you to this service, which would have started with the words of the hymn, Christ is the King. Let us pray the collect for purity. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And as always, we are called to mind our sins, For if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Let us confess together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in penitence we confess that we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought, word, and deed, and in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, Christ our Lord, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Receive the words of the assurance that God is forgiving. May God our Father forgive us our sins and bring us to the fellowship of his table with his saints forever. Amen. 
Our colleague for this Sunday, the 7th of Easter, is in the pew leaflet, and we can pray together. Triune God, Jesus prayed that we might be one. Help us to transcend our differences and find our reality in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We are now Amen. at the liturgy of the word. Awesome. So, Father, hmm, let us just rewind a little bit. So Thursday was the Ascension. So all of the stories, except for the second reading, are all about the Ascension and Jesus's last words to the apostles. Um, I've always found it weird that, that there's like the act story and then there's like gospel stories also of the Ascension. Yes. Um, the, the, the Lucan account um, is a two-volume um, that Luke had written. So when he comes to the end of the gospel, he is already giving us an understanding of the of the ascension that took place. And uh, some of the familiar things Jesus says in Acts is also recorded in the last part of the Lucan gospel. Mm. And then he goes on to uh, giving us a little bit more understanding of how the ascension took place and how you have the two disciples standing and then also being met by two angels uh, to help them understand what was going on. But the gospel here deals with, and it's um, the last of three um, uh, chapters in John's gospel where because, and it, and it links with the Lucan story in preparation for the ascension is Jesus now praying what is called the high priestly prayer um, for the disciples, for their protection, for their unity. Um, and so it's, it's connected to what was the last things Jesus was doing before the time came for the ascension to happen. Mm. Um, but I, I love this, the, the, the matter of fact, frank words of Nathan Nettleton um, were these, this Acts 1, uh, verse 6 to 14, where Jesus kind of gives the, without, without knowing the history that, that you just said now, without knowing what exactly happened before this, um, Jesus gives the, through these words, he gives the, the, the feeling that he was just kind of done with everything. <laughs> Yes, it's quite matter-of-fact, yes, yes. <laughs> it was quite matter-of-fact. Um, when he begins his last discourse in John's Gospel, he starts in chapter 14 with the words, um, trust in God, trust also in me. Then he tells them in his father's house of many mansions. Now the reality of it being the last occasion when they will meet. Now, I don't know whether they actually knew that. Um, uh, I think they had a sense. There was well, definitely a sense. But okay, they may have had a sense, but did they have the understanding of the implication of what that meant for them? Hmm. Because what I find interesting is they are together, it's the last time, and the disciples get to speak 
in Acts, not Jesus. They yeah. ask him a question. Yeah. In fact, he says it's a burning question. Jesus left them in Luke's gospel with you shall be my witnesses. So go to Jerusalem. And so they had to be obedient to go to Jerusalem. And so following on from this, he writes to his dear friend Theophilus to say to him, mm. now, this is how things transpired. It tells us that Jesus and the disciples are together. So these are the 12, the 12 guys that were together. The 11, yeah. sorry, because the, 12, yeah. the 12th one had gone already and left the, the team. So these were yeah. the 11 people yeah. that he had journeyed with. And so it's interesting that in that last moment before he leaves them, there is a question that they have burning. And it seems as if they colluded with one another to ask him, so what, was, what would be the most burning question for them if that was his last discourse with them? So, for example, if you're lying on your deathbed, or I'm lying on my deathbed, what would be the last discourse we may have with either a family member or all the family mm. members gathered there? What would be the last discourse if we were still sort of conscious or if we were semi-comatosed? What would their conversation be around um, the, the, the bed if that, when that happened? Yeah, Jesus had died and he's risen. So he is in a new phase mm. of his word, preparing to go to, to the resurrection. However, they can still ask him questions because according to the way the text um, reveals to us, Jesus can be seen and spoken to. Yeah. yeah. He had now appeared and they understood who he was. So they understood both his body and person before the crucifixion on the cross and now a resurrected body, the same Jesus, except now with the wounds in his body. Can I tell you my burning question, though? <laughs> Certainly. And this goes back um, probably days before this all happened, when Jesus appears to the twelve in the upstairs room, and then you have that classic Doubting Thomas moment. Um, yes. It always bothered me that, that that he came back with all of his scars. So it was like, was the body completely reanimated? Um, so <laughs> this, like, it's just the, the the science brain in me, like actually the lizard brain in me is like, did he like go back into his old body that was really beaten up and <laughs> not that great? And then use that to walk around like, wow, what, didn't that smell a little bit? I'm sorry, it, it, I'm making very, yeah, it's, it's, that's always been now, my burning question. I think I think it's important. I think it's very interesting that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, St. Luke gives us the understanding that God does not turn away our questions even at the last moment, hmm. that we still have many things we'd like to ask and have responses to. Yeah. But, that, um, yeah. but what may be burning for you we learn in the in the in Acts chapter one six to fourteen wasn't a burning issue for Jesus. Mm. It was a done deal because all time was in God's hands. So yeah. how would the question, yeah. the burning question you have, how does how would if you got a response to it, how would it have help you grow in your faith and in what you need to do with your life right now? 
that he's going to ascend. So let's explore your, your question. Does resurrection change his body from the crucifixion? Or does it more clearly re reveal that he is the crucified Christ, now resurrected from the death? The scars of his body are both the scars of death, but also the scars of forgiveness and therefore life. So the resurrection gives impetus to the way that Jesus would be uh, having been crucified so that his, his body will still bear the scars, but we will look at them in a new way. In fact, Thomas's doubting was to see the wounds. Now, was he doubting? As, a, as in a wrong sense of the word, do we accuse Thomas of doubting in the wrong sense of the word? Or is it that he wanted to see, because the only thing that would identify the risen Christ to him were the scars. Mm. He couldn't take just the testimony of his other fellow disciples. Yeah. For him to meet the, the risen Christ, he would need to know the wounds or the scars are there. Mm. Now, Jesus, though, challenging him about doubting. In other words, others won't have this opportunity that you have right now, but they will need your testimony. So mm. maybe that you could see says that the testimony you will give is an added uh, testimony of, 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 of that, to the others who have seen, told you, but you couldn't believe. So maybe there will be people like you. So now, Thomas... I want you to put your hands and fingers into my, my hands and my side. And what did Thomas say once he said that? My Lord and my God. Mm. And that's when Jesus exhorts us that even those who have not seen and yet believed will be blessed. So it was a necessary part of the, the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Resurrection clarifies the scars. The risen Christ is the crucified one. So then just getting to their burning question that they asked, and I, and I just need to read the 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 question and then the response, because I just love Certainly. the way it's, it's been summed up here. So um, the apostles had one burning question for Jesus. Lord, is this the time? Will you regain our freedom now and give us our own king to reign over Israel? Jesus replied, only the Father can decide such things, and the timing is none of your business. Just focus on this. The Holy Spirit will flood over you and drench you with power, giving you the passion and courage to be my witnesses. Then you will be able to tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. That was it. His last words. Yeah. <laughs> I, that I just was love that recounting, actually. <laughs> Yeah. So, so in other words, what he's saying to you, take notice of. Mm. Because in there lays the summary of what you need to consider. And that there are questions that will not be answered right now. You may ask them, but you'll have to accept that they will be decided in time by the Father. But right now... I need you to know something important. But their burning question goes back to what I called in my homily pieces at the bottom, 
exclusively nationalistic. Um, Because although he went to the cross and he told us he came to die for the whole world and he gave them instructions to go and baptize uh, after they received the Holy Spirit, their concern was still, did you really come for Israel's freedom? Mm. And will you restore them back to us? So in other words, were they saying, as the savior of the world, are you also the Messiah of Israel? Yeah. Yeah. And so what is this beef about your your salvation work? Is it so inclusive that Israel itself will not get back to where they should be, according to their nationalistic thinking? their Mm. desire Mm. for the people of Israel. And remember, it was coming close to the time when the Jews would meet to celebrate um, the Passover. They would have gone through that. They would have had an experience of that. So when would they really see with their own eyes the kingdom? And Jesus says to them, and I was very interested in the way that he puts it. He says, uh, the question they ask is, Lord, is this the time? And I, I, you would have seen, I put it in my notes at the bottom. They are asking the Lord of time, what is the time? What is this moment that will happen to show us? So is your going away perhaps a sign that now Israel will be restored back to its former glory? Yeah, well, well, you have to look at their, their frame of reference at this point, like Moses is the <laughs> the, the yeah. biggest thing that happened to them, and when he when he was there, he like he liberated Israel. <laughs> you know? Yes, he did, and he played a very pivotal role in the liberation of Israel. There's no doubt about that. But was the intention of saving Israel only to save Israel? Or was the well, intention now for them it to would them, be? Yeah, for them, to them that's all they know. Like they, that's why they had only they had only traveled from Galilee to Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at yeah. this point they hadn't gone to the edges of the earth because that that still needs to come. So they still need to take stock of it. And uh, like uh, I, I bring it like to today's times where, like my my call earlier with with another client, we we were advising them. It was the big pitch for like the future of their business, and. The, the concern is no longer, because this is like the third or fourth conversation we've had with this point of contact. So now it needs to go like up to board level um, from here. And the concerns that she was raising was still like the board is going to ask about this, this, this. And it's all like the old concerns of like the old way. And I can kind of um, just being fresh from that experience now, I can kind of identify with, with the Absolutely. The, the irritation that Nathan Nettleton expressed like yes. in Jesus, um, where it's like, we're so far down the road already. <laughs> and it's yes. like, you're still asking about the last corner? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But but that's the nature of a burning question. So for how long was this question in them? What signs mm. did they see on here that they weren't convinced that he he was going to do this, that this was going to be yeah. part of his mission. So you're right. Under the current times, that's a burning question for us. When will our freedom from COVID-19 happen? Hmm. Because yeah, it's When a can fi- we go back to normal? Now, 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 do we go back? Or are we meant to go forward? 
Yeah. But I think oh. I think I think it's important for us to know that we can look back to learn from it, but can we go back to whatever normality was at that stage? No, because look here, yeah, Rome was still the the force under which they were living. Mm. Right now, we're all living under the force of COVID-19, and we still don't know much about what we're dealing with. Yeah. So government must listen to scientists, asking citizens to uh, understand there's certain regulations they have to follow, which for some people say, well, that's not freedom for me. Freedom means I can do what I want to know you can't. Freedom says you've got to be responsible. Now, Jesus didn't say that Israel won't have its rule. Jesus just said, Father will decide. (laughs) Jesus didn't say it won't happen. Jesus didn't say it won't happen. But the timing is up to the Father, not up to me. Yeah, well, (laughs) history history will show. (laughs) Yes. That that it, it didn't come to pass the way the, the, the apostles may have hoped. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the other thing, so so you, I, I mean, we're veering away from the whole Ascension thing now, because like, it was Ascension Day, all the stories yes. are about the Ascension, and it's very yes. interesting to see this dynamic now that happens where it's like the apostles need to accept for themselves that no one's coming to help them. It's like he taught us all of these things and now he's gone. And now, like this shortly before they get filled with the spirit, um, just calling back to last week where we were, I was still saying we're racing towards Pentecost. And like that's the whole yes. thing. It's like that that moment between um when when you when you are about to take a bold step, when you're about to dive into the deep side of the pool and you have to accept for yourself that no one can help you do that. And it's before you experience the euphoria of courage, which can be akin to, to, to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And like for me, that's where we are now in society where there have been so many calls to lift the lockdown and reopen the economy. And it was like, okay, cool, if you're going to reopen the economy... And we're taking steps to do that. We need to open the schools because schools are de facto um, daycare for when the parents are not there to see, look after the kids. Yeah. So now it's suddenly like, no, 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 no. We can't reopen the schools. It's so dangerous. And it's like, no, the science doesn't say it's dangerous. But you were there now saying we needed to open the economy. And now yes. suddenly you're fearing for the life of your child. It's like, you can't have it both ways, man. You have to take a bold step in one direction or the other. And yeah, I, I, I can also identify with the apostles and their questions and where it's like, actually, dude, we've been following you for three years. Like, <laughs> what have you done for us? Yeah, that is why, and I want to bring two things to you in response to that. One would be, that is why it would seem that those who p- planned and put together the lectionary said it was necessary to know that at that moment of confusion, Jesus prays for the disciples. Mm. Um, Jesus prays and asks God to protect them, not to take them out of the world, but to protect them because they're a vital source for realizing what God will do in God's time. And I like Mm. what um, the paraphrase of the text in 1 Peter 
four in relation to what you're saying. So that's my second point. Yeah. Yeah. My friends, I know yeah. that you are under the heat at the moment. So when he leaves, what's going to happen to them? When he leaves, not giving them an assurance of the actual time when the kingdom of Israel will be restored, is also a worry and a panic for them. Yeah. But this is nothing unusual. Um, so don't let it throw you. It comes with the territory and gives you the chance to prove yourselves. Mm. And it says you can now even count it an honor that in such suffering you are following in the footsteps of the Messiah. Once again, once you have gotten through this, so you will actually get through it. Don't be thrown by it. Let mm. God do what God needs to do in his time. And then it says here, uh, you, what you have to concentrate on is not the energy stealing, burning questions which answers are not readily going to come now. But it says there in the second part of what he says, keep yourselves down to earth. Mm. So stay in the moment and trust God for the future. And what were they to do by staying in the moment? John says, Jesus prays for them once he has asked the Father to glorify him because his duty was not about firstly saying, now that I've died on the cross, Israel is free. His death on the cross was to glorify God the Father. It is in the glorifying of the Father in whose, in, in whose hands all time exists and all events that Israel will be redeemed and they will be restored. So it's all part of God's plan. And glor glorifying is a kind of a term that talks about the beauty and magnificence of God, which is what we need to look at in order for us to celebrate what we've been given here on earth. And then Jesus tells, uh, tell, uh, speaks to God on, he says, I'm asking on their behalf. Um, and I'm asking you to protect them and also that you make them one. So what was their business? What was Jesus' desire for them? Was not to let go, but to trust that God has the future. God has the whole freedom of Israel in his hands. What you have to now do is to be open to what God can do with you and through you. And through you, who knows the kingdom will beginning to be restored. And that is why you have to start in Jerusalem. You've got to start in your hometown. And what's mm. the message you've got to tell? Is everything, everyone about who I am. But you can't do this in your own knowledge and with your own wisdom. You've got to do it. And I love the way he says it. The Holy Spirit will flood you and drench you with power for you to be able with passion and courage to be my witnesses. Mm. And in the witnessing of Jesus, the reign and freedom of Israel is, is, is caught up. When we do the witnessing, bringing the hope, we may not see the changes immediately, but we are working with God towards the changes. So start in Jerusalem and then 
the neighborhoods and then wider to the world out there. And, and so, and so they, they, I, what I liked happening here was immediately after this, they begin to form a community. And the names of each of the apostles are written down. The name of one woman, but there were so many. Yeah. The others were not, were not named. But they formed a community where people were known. And that community came to a commitment. And the commitment they made was to share a life of fervent prayer. So latched on to what Jesus was praying for them to become, they now become who Jesus is, the praying one. And so their work in the world is about prayer, uh, giving glory to God, and witnessing about Jesus. Now, as Jews, they would see him as the Messiah. So they had a special mm -hmm. ministry to the Jews, and they then could talk to Jews. You see, freedom doesn't come when you change the government. Yeah. Freedom comes when you change the hearts of the slave and of the oppressed. And when you start changing their minds, and that is why they've got a witness to Jesus who will help them help people change their minds, begin to see freedom from the standpoint. And, and that's the problem we have with, with, with the liberation from Egypt. For 40 years, they wandered around because they behaved like slaves. And when God said to them, here's the covenant I make with you, you will be my people, they could not fathom that. Mm. That is why we need, as they needed, the liberator to also be an intercessor and a mediator on their behalf, which Moses was. And that is exactly what Jesus was. Of course, Moses couldn't be the kind of savior that Jesus was ultimately, and Jesus is ultimately. So... So, so it's about be, being able to see that, yes, we may sit around wondering about burning questions that has relevance. But we only become part of the solutions when we start doing things that can help us address it from our side. And what are the things that they have to hear? Be open to the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit wants to do mm -hmm. for you. Be a community. Be united. I'm praying that you are. I'll protect you from, from the world. And pray as I pray. Pray in my name. Pray with me. Listen to what I pray. And so that the witness can be essential. The church has a very vital witness. It wants to go back like everybody else. Mm. But it needs to know why it must go back. Or must return to its function. And will it be the yeah. same? Yeah. Will it be the same? So the church has to look at this uh, far more squarely in the eyes than, than just saying we go back to doing things as normal. Mm. Because it's going to be a new normal we have no clue about. That's, but actually, must... a, a, that's actually a very important point. It's like um, we, we've been exploring it through throughout this podcast. It's like, where, where, when the return to normal is there, or at least when there's the opportunity for us to gather again. I know um, the president was in talks with religious leaders and faith leaders um, in the last week. Um, there are grumblings about 
maybe moving the churches to lockdown level three as well. Um, yeah. There's a lot of there's been a lot of talks about that, and I'm like, actually, no, because <laughs> um, the people and here's my point: the the people who are going to flock to the churches are the people who had who are most at risk. It's going to yeah. be the elderly. It's going to it's yeah. This this is this is the thing. It's like you can't just open Parliament because those people at in Parliament are most at risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and then. Then you start looking at all the the, the symbols and the uh, the word escapes me again now. Um, all all the little dances and little things that you do, the the rituals. So the yes. Eucharist and like those, you cannot do that. Yes. Yet. <laughs> yes. Without yes. the vaccine. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But does it matter? Does it matter? And I know, like I I, I did attack your office last week. <laughs> where it's like that's kind of your job so you will obviously defend it <laughs> yes but do we need that is that what it's all about is that what going to church is about is that like is that the the fundamentals of faith yeah i think i think that's what we have to explore i think one of the jesuit priests in south africa said we have to think of a new way of theologizing and of thinking of the church, uh, which is ecclesiology, how we are meant to be in a new normal that will come once everybody's convinced that COVID-19 has gone to its rest. Yeah. Um, but none of us know that yet. However, what we are doing right, right now is scripture has become a very key thing to us liturgy and worship in different mm. ways, just a different means of getting it out there. But we are reflecting much more deeply, even at the context. We have to reflect very deeply on our mortality. Mm. You know, um, I mean, people working in hospitals on the front line, teachers, children, I mean, it's all kinds of people, all of us at one or other stage or stages in this time are going to be confronted with the possibility that we could have contacted the virus. Mm. So given that, we have to then begin to reflect more deeply and more purposefully, even on how we ought to be every day. And then, of course, the bigger issues, how we how we ought to be as family and um, in, in our understanding, how to be church, how mm. to be mm. um, community. There's a whole lot of things that we have to do from the grassroots upward. As we listen to the top-down stuff, the scriptures are rooted in the grassroots. I'll never forget the images of the cross of Jesus. It was planted on the earth, in the earth. And his blood dripped to this ground. So there is a redeeming process for us, in calling us to be rooted in him so that we are able to say out of this rootedness, how will we now grow? Pruning is happening. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pruning is happening for all of us. That is, that is, you know, I didn't expect you to say that. <laughs> when Jesus says, 
um, it's not your business. Well, then, what is my business, Lord? If it's not the restoration of the kingdom or when COVID will be over, if that's not my business, Lord, what is my business then? And that's the challenge. And Jesus uh, says, now that you hear that, remember this, I'm praying for you. Remember that I'm, protect, I'm praying for protection. And thirdly, remember I'm praying for unity. Now that's the challenge of the church. What does that unity mean? What is the new normal of that unity going for? Um, I, I do need to call into question why you chose like the smallest font <laughs> to put the five marks of mission in. What? But I will, uh, uh, the five, five marks, marks of mission just... <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get okay. to it. Um, because there, there was an, okay. inter there's an interesting conversation happening now in the States amongst um, a lot of like the intellectuals where young people who are resistant to the virus, the, or at least the worst effects of the virus, um, and are of the means to, to do so should go into the work of mission. And by mission, it means like the US aid and those sorts of things. So it's like a call for young people who would have spent in order like crazy amounts on college education who clearly can't go to college right now and will probably take a gap year. Like we're going to have one of the, the biggest international gap years in history <laughs> um, in, in, in the coming year. And those are the people who should like if you can come back to something like if daddy bought you a house and a car like if you have money you can then go you can choose to then go and help rebuild the world that has now been broken and that brings me to the five marks of mission so why did you put it so tiny <laughs> okay I, I i didn't actually change it into normal things so i just left it when i saw it there i didn't want to lose it but it was there simply number one to celebrate the Anglican Communion Sunday, which is the Sunday, mm -hmm. the seventh Sunday. And the second one is to reveal as part of what my homily was to show that um, the Anglicans have a plan. The question is, we've put these nice words down, but have we done anything about it? Mm. And when you look at it, it, it can be a sustaining one for a new normality, if we yeah. take it seriously. Yeah. Because yes, it's going to have to be a time of rebuilding society. Um, and, 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 and we have got to divide the wheat from the, from, from the shaft. And yes, young people are going to have to be on the forefront. And yes, that doesn't mean older people have no relevance in the new normal, normal, normalcy, in the new world, because the skills and the wisdom of the elderly are going to be of necessity for us to help the younger people see, see little further than what they're able to see. I think this has shattered the, this has shattered the, the vision or the, 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 um, the, the, the way in which young people were operating globally. Lots mm. of things were taken for granted. And maybe this is now a global university of life. Yeah. Where you begin to start valuing things for their true value. And the superficialities that we were, that we were holding on to needs to be let go. Because I think what was happening, we were beginning to become 
a community, a world with new idols. Mm. There's a, so there's a, the, yeah, go for it. So there's a, so in the new world, what are we going into? And uh, when we look back to the Israelite um, uh, meeting God on at Mount Sinai, one of the very first things he said there was, "You shall love the 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 the, the, the you shall have one God, no other God but me." Mm. So. So, so literally, that is what I see happening. What and what does that mean? And how does the church help the the, the, the person? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we know now from COVID nineteen, as with the Spanish flu, and with many other things, we we don't have power. Mm. We are over seven billion people in the world. We can't deal with the cold and the flu. So yeah. this illusion of power, that's part of the idol. Mm. And the junk that Trump is, is, is selling the world, <laughs> the, the, the junk that China is selling the world, and the junk that many materialistic people are selling the world, that needs to be overcome. Mm. This is not about how they create the world. It's how we together live in this world. Mm. And so I, uh, I, I hope that if, uh, and if you give me an opportunity to read the five marks of mission, that we're not only celebrating Anglicanism when we mention them, but we're also saying, is this a possible tool we can use in our visioning for the new normal? Yeah. After COVID nineteen, yeah, I'm I'm fully in, I'm I'm there. I mean, there's there's a few hairs to be split. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, are we are we really on a mission to baptize everybody and nurture you? Um, I, I'm I'm just dead set against like a homogeny, and it's it's the biggest problem that I actually have with with Christianity and like with all sects of society where there's this idea that everybody should be like you everyone should believe the same thing and like that's not the way humanity goes forward you know we need to argue with each other we need to what was i read an amazing thing on twitter the other day where um this person was saying that israel literally means to wrestle with god <laughs> and yeah, a lot of a lot of people forget that yeah yeah Jacob yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. and limped after and, that. And he limped after that. I, yeah, I we read it see, in the kids' Bible the other day. I don't see this as statements that are made, but questions to be wrestled with. Mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I am hearing what you're saying. And 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 as we then focus on it, it's not just questions done in a homogeneous setting, but is it questions for the world? Mm. And it's so it's a way in which Christians can engage other peoples of faith and other uh, aspects of life, politics, uh, econ economics, everything about it. We can raise 
um, questions. For example, baptism is a decisive step of commitment and sacrifice. The symbolism thereof we may need to relook at how it is done, but it's talking about the commitment and the sacrifice we made for the sake of mm. because if you if you're looking at it, it says new believers. Yeah. Well, yeah. That is part of what we're challenged by now. We have new believers and those who choose not to believe and whatever it is, how are we going to help people, even if they choose to believe in a particular way, does what they believe help them to make the world a better place? We can't stand in judgment over their belief. But certainly this can be a way in which we contribute to the conversation. Yeah. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm going to go through them and then I'm just going to like say the thing and then go to uh, of, uh, the way I would phrase it and then okay. we can maybe chat about that. So okay. it's like, so the five, the mission of the church is the mission of Christ, right? So, yeah, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. So I would say to spread the good news of humanity. And then to teach, baptize, nurture new believers. I would say then to pass on those wisdoms that we proclaim to the future generations. Then to respond to human need by loving service, to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind and pursue peace and reconciliation, to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of this earth. I have no problems with the last three. <laughs> I noticed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my in my response, um, what was the kingdom all about? Um, and when you think of what Jesus came to do in Christ, everyone becomes a new creation. So we are looking at a new way of being human. Hmm. When we look to what was happening before, we saw how the injustices, the oppressions, and the, the inhumanity that was experienced uh, amongst, amongst humans, and then the cruelty to, the, to, the, to, to, to creation. We yeah. need a new humanity. Hmm. For that new humanity, we need to look to him who can bring it about. And for Christians, it's Jesus. Uh, but we make that as an offering. We don't say to, to people, you know, if you choose not to believe it's Christ, that's okay. But we believe it is Christ. And we're not going to do that in a way that oppresses you. But we must find the way in which we can meet you where you are. And then, of course, believing is a new way of thinking, a new way of responding. What's the material we will use to get people's minds to be stimulated, to be, to be um, uh, um, energized, to be able to be challenged, uh, to be able to think outside of the box, um, to move away from selfish um, ideologies? Um, so there's a conversation. And... For Christians, there's a collective understanding of when we do that in Christ, baptism is the way. When we look at teaching, for example, how are we going to teach about life given what COVID was, is doing to us mm. and all the unknowns? So, so I, and I understand the last three 
everybody would tend to agree with the first two sounds a little bit more just a Christian way of thinking. Yeah. But the church has put this all together and has called it not just the mission of Christ, of the church. It's called the mission of Christ. Mm. And that's yeah. what we that's what we are able to 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 say. This is where we stand. This is what we will offer. This is the way in which we will not we will not make that an absolute statement. We will make it an open question for debate. Mm. And Father, if you would just like to take us through um, the prayers for the upcoming week, uh, just things that touch points that people can reflect on um, if, if they so feel the need to. You can follow the prayers in the in the in the pure leaflet, which is where I draw the prayers from. And perhaps the first thing that we want to pray for is the church. Um, now that it's not operating as as it as it can, we ask God to help us not lose our vitality. Uh, we'll not lose our witness to the truth. And will not lose our sense of community with God in Jesus Christ and with each other. And also to be open to what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do with us. And that is why we pray for our parish and all our members and the communities in which we are living in. West Bank and St. Monica's, Rotterdam and St. Mark's, the rest of Cales River and St. George. And uh, all the churches and other faith um, um, communities we pray for in the area also want us to, as we think about what it means to be a disciple, that our vision must not be narrow, self-centered and selfish, but it, that Jesus will open up because as we pray for unity, we have to learn how to embrace people who are different to us. Um, right now, for example, China is blamed for the virus. Um, are we now going to hold a grudge against China because of this? We still don't know exactly how it happened, but we have to embrace people in the name of Jesus. And particularly, we must think of the weak and the vulnerable amongst us. Uh, people that are susceptible to COVID because of age and underlying uh, medical conditions. Uh, but this doesn't just include the aged. It's also young people we, are, we have heard about. So that we may be watchful that people will not be devoured. And then the third aspect of our prayers is to be a loving community, starting in our families, with our friends, Many of us have not been able to see extended family members, so we pray for them. And we haven't um, always met strangers. These days we can't talk to one another much. We stand in queues. So we think of others that if we just have a glimpse of them, it can inspire and enrich our lives. And so we pray that God will enfold all people within his loving arms. And then... We pray for those who are going through extreme bouts of anxiety. I know all of us are struggling with our mortality. 
not only those that have contracted um, COVID-19, but all peoples. God may give us a sense of the abundance of life that he wants us to have, and also that in caring for one another, we may serve him to his glory. Then the last spread, we pray for all who have died, and we commend their souls to God, and we also pray that God may comfort the bereaved. And we pray that God will grant eternal life to all children of his possession. This brings us then to pray the COVID-19 prayer. Author of life and heal of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief, faith to live responsibly, and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. My sisters and brothers, the peace of the risen and ascended Lord be with you always. In the liturgy of the Eucharist, the Lord is here. God's spirit is with us. Lord, silence all voices in our heart but yours. Jesus said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. As we're doing a spiritual communion, we remember the words of Jesus who taught us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. And then as we receive the sacraments, we remember the hymn and we do that as part of taking the sacraments. Bread of heaven, the host that is blessed, on thee we feed, for thou art our food indeed. Ever may our souls be fed with this true and living bread. Day by day with strength supplied through the life of Christ who died. And now partaking of the consecrated wine, vine of heaven, thy love supplies this bliss cup of sacrifice. Tis thy wounds our healing give, to thy cross we look and live. Thou our life, O oh, let us be grafted, rooted, built in thee. And so we come to the concluding parts of the service. We give thanks to the Lord of his gracious. We give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, who glorified you on earth by finishing your work and making you known to us as the only true God in whom we find eternal life. 
And so, Father Almighty, we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Send us out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Go now, dear people of God, steadfast in faith. Resist the evil one. Devote yourselves to prayer. Bear witness to Christ as he makes us one. May the God of all grace restore and strengthen you. May Christ Jesus make the divine love known to you. And may the Holy Spirit rest upon you and give you power until all is fulfilled. Go in the name of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember that the final hymn is that favorite one, Onward Christian Soldiers. Thank you for participating and also for Lindsay who gave us uh, leadership today. God bless you.